live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to a very special edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. My name is Ken M, and joining me in studio is not Padawan J. Unfortunately, you could not make it in for this very special edition, but fear not, ODPH Society. We have a guest host in studio, and I'll just let him do the introductions. Coming at you live and direct straight from a folding chair in the ODPH studios, it is me, Tom, the Off the Cuff Gamer, live and direct. Thank you so much, Ken, for having me back. It's always a pleasure being here. You're always welcome to come through the studio, and we had to bring you back on because when we have a special guest on the line, we need to bring out an all-star team because ODPH Society, let me tell you this. Get your calendars out right now. August 3rd is officially hashtag dead lucky day at your local comic shops because there is a big book that you've heard rumors about. You saw the promotional art that came out in the supermassive comic book that featured Radiant Black, Rogue Sun, and Inferno Girl Red earlier this year, which is a phenomenal book. You should go pick that up as well. But we've been hearing rumors about this book. We finally have a release date, and let me tell you this. This is a book that you need to add to your comic book collection. No ifs, ands, or buts. I don't want to hear any excuses otherwise. And we are very, very lucky to have the writer of this phenomenal comic book entitled The Dead Lucky on the line. Please welcome to the ODPH podcast, Melissa Flores. Melissa, thank you for coming on. Oh my God, thank you so much. And thank you for that fantastic introduction. I feel like I haven't had any coffee yet and I feel like I don't need to now. I, I've had a couple cups this morning, to say the least. So if I'm a little jittery, it's one, I'm excited to talk to you about this book. And two, the power of caffeine is strong. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. So in case our listening audience is not familiar with who you are and your background, why don't you give us a little quick bio and, and let us know how you got into this whole content creating writing space. Oh, absolutely. I was a uh, studio executive uh, producer for about 10 years uh, for a number of things, but mostly known for Power Rangers. And uh, I did that with Saban Brands, and then I did it with Hasbro, and then I was no longer with Hasbro, and I decided I wanted to pursue something that I've always loved. It's always been my first love, which is writing, and thankfully, uh, I've been able to do that with the help of some amazing friends and some really fun ideas. And The Dead Lucky is my first debut comic book that's going to be launched with Image, and I am so excited and honored about it. The book is fantastic, and obviously, how did this all come about? Uh, so Kyle Higgins, the author of Radiant Black, and I used to work together pretty closely at Power Rangers when I was with Saban Brands and, again, at Hasbro. And he wrote the books for the Boom Studios comic books. And he was absolutely brilliant, loved doing it. Him and Ryan Parrott were uh, two of my favorite authors that we got to work with there. And Kyle and I became especially close because we worked on other projects together as well. He did a Shattered Grid promo film that he directed that was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. We did uh, Battle for the Grid, the story mode for the video game together he wrote it and i helped produced it with him and again through that time we just really started to enjoy each other's company as friends and also colleagues and i think we just both developed a real respect for each other's sensibilities and each other's talent and we just became friends which is always nice 
And after he left Power Rangers, we'd stayed close. And then after I left Power Rangers, we stayed close. And uh, he would show me Radiant Black and show me all the projects. And I was so excited for him. Obviously, it's a brilliant book. And as the Massiverse began to take shape, he asked me if I was interested in pitching him an idea for a superhero book. And what moron would say no to that? So, of course, I said yes. And I came back to him with the idea of The Dead Lucky set in San Francisco. And uh, we developed it a little and we put together a pitch and got an artist to help us and we pitched it to Image and they said yes. That's awesome. Now, were you a big comic book uh, fan growing up? When I was growing up, no, only because I, I think I would have been had I been exposed to them. But I grew up as the, only, the tomboy with two very girly sisters and my dad worked very hard. Uh, and my mom worked very hard as well. So I didn't really have access to comic books. They weren't the comic book type. They weren't the superhero type. So I was obsessed with TV shows and with books, but not really comic books because they weren't really an easy way for me to get them. As I grew older, though, I started. I played a lot of video games and I was always obsessed with superheroes. And my favorite video game that I just really became obsessed with was Injustice. <gasps> yeah, me too. Oh. I, I yeah. love that. I'm sorry to jump in there. That is like my go-to. Injustice 2 is arguably my favorite video game of all time. Who is your favorite character to play? Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't... Black, uh, not Black Widow. Black Canary. Oh, okay. Excellent. She was my wifey. I loved her to death. Nice. I, I was always a big Flash. Oh, he's so, he's fun too. Um, but yeah, I just it blew my mind. I was like, this is amazing. And I got the deluxe edition, and it comes. It came with it a copy of Injustice number one. And okay. So I read it. And I was like, this is fantastic. I need to know where this story goes because I was just so obsessed with this world in general. And so I went and bought the trades for year one, year two of Injustice by Tom Taylor. Nice. And I just fell in love. I just became obsessed. And so that was Tom Taylor is the one that got me into comic books. I always say Um, I was very lucky to get to work with him when he did Power Rangers and Justice League. And he's an amazing, amazing writer and an incredibly genuine guy. And I'm very, very happy for his amazing success. But yeah, it was Injustice. And then I just started to really love him and love those kind of books. And so I would try to read them when I could. But by that time, I was working full time. And so my real comic book book camp appreciation came when the Boom Studios got the license for Power Rangers. And then I just fell into that world and started to appreciate them that much more and just really fell in love with the medium and what it could do and the kind of stories that are told within it. Now, as a child of television, was Power Rangers one of your franchises as that you went to as a kid or was this uh you came back to it because of working at boom i was i liked power rangers as a kid but i was a little too old i was in my saved by the bell mode okay so by that time i i actually thought power rangers were kind of fun to watch and i would watch it like on the sly but uh it wasn't until i started working for them in 2010 that i really just became obsessed with them i just loved everything about this franchise and the dedication of the fans and the diversity it was i was so happy and excited to work with a brand that that i felt meant something and really tried to do good for the fans in terms of life lessons for kids and making sure that kids felt seen and included and this idea that everybody could be a superhero and being a power ranger was just the best version of yourself i just thought that was all amazing so i loved every second i was with that brand i really cared for it and it's really fun to see 
to continue to engage with it even when I'm not with it anymore now, because it still means so much to so many people. And as it evolves, I'm excited to see where it goes. With the Rangers, now this is a very, you can actually put a nice little crowbar separation here. Who is your favorite Ranger from the comics? Hmm. And from the comics. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to also put this in here. What is your favorite suit? Because they don't have to go hand in hand. Okay, uh, I have two, and I think they're both the same. Uh, Ranger Slayer and Ari from yes. the Soul Oh, nice. Excellent. Freaking love Ari. Even she was my phone background and my watch background for a long, long time, and my actually Twitter banner for a long time before I changed it for the Dead Lucky. Like, I love Ari's suit. I love the Solar Ranger. I think Beyond the Grid as a run for what it brings and adds to Power Ranger lore by Marguerite Bennett was very underrated. And I understand why it was controversial, but I still think it's a brilliant, brilliant run of books. And I just, I love it. And I love Ari. And it doesn't hurt that she's the first LGBT Ranger that we're able to put out there. Yes. Openly mm -hmm. LGBT. And ranger slayer i just freaking love ranger slayer she's just so cool and she was she a badass like, yeah. let's be honest she's she a total like, badass in my opinion she kicks draken's ass like she's just so freaking cool and i love her suit and her bow and her zord and just i have a thing with like angsty people that are just trying to do good <laughs> she's just she ticks all my boxes so those two are probably my favorite in terms of comic book lore excellent that's very cool and then obviously from that influence, this is now where we come to the Dead Lucky. And like we said, we have saw the preview art that was in Supermassive earlier this year. And now the issue is getting slated to come out on hashtag Dead Lucky Day on August 3rd. So why don't we talk a little bit about what this book is all about? Absolutely. So the Dead Lucky takes place in the Massiverse in San Francisco. And San Francisco is unlike any city in the world at this point, because San Francisco has been privatized by a company called Moro which is essentially if Google became war contractors. They are incredibly successful and have leaked into everything in the Massiverse. And they, have, they are headquartered in San Francisco. And San Francisco, like very much now, has had issues with crime and with a lot of gentrification. And it's just kind of, it was having issues as a city. And Moro came to the government and basically said, allow us to take San Francisco and turn it into this utopia of tomorrow. We're going to take all our technology. We're going to do like invest billions and turn this city. We're going to show you what you could do if you turn this into a tomorrow city. This is the city of tomorrow. And so they've brought in all their cyber tech and these big robots and all these different things to basically create this test city. So this city exists almost as a city of the future. You're not going to see what you see in the streets of San Francisco in Chicago or New Orleans. But with that comes a lot of uh, removing of undesirables and pushing people out. And yeah, you get free health care, but what privacy are you giving up for that? Um, and that sort of thing. So it's not necessarily the utopia. Maybe they claim it is. And a resistance group called the Salvation Gang has propped up and managed to take Castro and are trying to take other districts as well from Moro. And into that kind of 
powder keg of a situation is our spark and her name is bb who grew up in san francisco is a u.s army veteran who lost her platoon in a terrible accident and now is walking in with a ton of ptsd and survivor's guilt and accidental superpowers and being asked what are you going to do about it and that is the book and with such hype behind this book and for bb who is just a standout character to be entering the massiverse i mean to think about you know how she is coming into play and then the influence from where her costume is coming from too i mean i think it's just such a very cool you know visual to see it's a, it's a fantastic costume uh, first time i saw it i got these really heavy female red x vibes from the old teen titans like oh, nice. the the real great spin you have on it the the um the sugar skull almost look that you have to the helmet it's very sleek it's 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 stunning it's there's something really nice about how much how bold it is at top and it's just black and sparse oh oh we're so lucky with that design the design is by an artist called federico sabatini who is absolutely an amazingly sweet guy very talented i think he's on moon Knight now from marvel and when we designed the suit together i basically asked him for three things i wanted it to be toku inspired so that meant close fitting like head to toe covers very much like a Sentai hero. I wanted it to have a helmet because BB wants to share her identity. And I wanted that, or I'm sorry, uh, obscure her identity. And I wanted it to, the helmet to be inspired by the Mexican Calavera, which thank you so much for calling that out. It is a sugar skull for the day of the dead because uh, so much of BB's worldview right now is kind of obsessed with the the dead who she's lost and she's kind of not moving past her grief and so as a latina i wanted a little bit of my culture to be on display but i also just thought i'd make a really cool looking helmet and really would encapsulate the character and he killed it i mean the colors are so vibrant i don't think there's any other suit that looks like that on the stands right now and i'm i'm so grateful that he put it together for us and also very proud of it because she you're right she looks freaking cool i want cosplay right now oh my god yes i need to see this at new york comic-con we're gonna be heading down there in the fall for this so i would love to see a dead lucky cosplay out by then it's not gonna look good on me but uh, hopefully somebody else will (laughs) now being a proud latina imagine though a gender bent bb or like like different variations of bb like so many there's so many different things people could do i just i love the cosplay world so i'm just excited to see if people love this character, what they would do with it. I can see it happening. Oh, I definitely see that happening. Now, being a Pratlatina, you know, and saying that San Francisco being the melting pot that it is, you know, uh, BB comes from, uh, has family and they own a restaurant. And I love the idea. Now, you're based out of L.A., correct? I am, yes. You are. So how many times have you been to the Kogi uh, food trucks? Because I think that's where you get the idea from. Well, my, so the, the book is semi-inspired by my girlfriend who is an army veteran mm-hmm. and she is obsessed with food trucks and she makes she makes me go to every single one but uh but she's also chinese and she's uh so i know a lot about chinese food because i eat it so often and i've been with her for 10 years so i know a lot about the chinese culture and so when it came and she's from san francisco so okay. when it came to creating this character i wanted her to be biracial because one it's inspired by a character that's not me i mean a person that's not me but i also want um to impart some of my culture in it and i didn't feel it would be genuine of me as an author to just make her chinese because i'm not chinese but 
I really liked this idea of a biracial superhero. We don't see a lot of them. And I picked San Francisco because of the diversity, because of the food scene. And when it came to what part her parents would play, I really liked the idea of him having this Chi Mexicu restaurant that's fusion of Chinese, Mexican, and American barbecue. But that, because that, that is literally everything Sandra loves. I, I come from a culinary background myself um, before doing all this. So trust me, the idea of a birria bao is just uh, like making me salivate. Oh, we're working it. on recipes. Oh, I'm totally oh, nice. I'll, we're I'll... trying. Yeah. Like Sandra is a cook too. So uh, she's, <laughs> she actually sent me one already. And um, I'm hoping that we can get it in shape enough to like maybe publish it or at least put it out when the issue releases is like a here you go or maybe i haven't told anybody else that you guys are the first we're trying really hard to to do some of that fun stuff because i'm we've had so much fun coming up with ideas for recipes i think the next one is crispy duck tacos with i saw that one in there yeah that would be really good yeah that would be that'd be really cool even and then i saw this like chinese corn pancake that like looked so good that you could put like a an esquito kind of feel to it you Mm -hmm. could add like the sour so there's so many ideas that we have and um and i love that people are responding to that because i think food connects us all in a really fun way it does yeah it definitely does and i mean that's one thing about this book that stands out there's just so many different influences that you can definitely tell in in the early pages of this and it definitely stands out from everything else that's on the shelves right now I hope so. That is something we really wanted to do. We didn't want to just do a superhero book for the sake of doing a superhero book. I really wanted this book to feel different and to mean something in terms of what was important for me. And for me, what felt important was to honor and bring awareness to PTSD and survivor's guilt and how that manifests in somebody who hasn't quite got over their grief and doesn't know how to talk about it. Actually, it's nice because even though the book isn't completely out yet, I see people actually talking about it. And even when I do these amazing interviews with you guys, we talk about it. And I think that's really cool. I don't think you see, of course, there's plenty of superhero books that talk about mental illness and PTSD. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about specifically uh, survivor's guilt and how that affects a soldier after they come home. I don't think we see a lot of it. And so it's been really nice and validating to see that people understand what we're trying to do. What's interesting too is also myself, I'm a veteran myself for the U.S. Navy, particularly with the Seabees. And to, the one thing that I, that does stand out is when you addressed in here the thank you for your service um, and how difficult it, it can be for us to respond to it. Um, there's a lot of reasons folks get in the military. There's some that, you know, need to get out of this podunk town. There's folks that have their back up against the wall. I've, I had a guy in my, uh, original a school who was, he was given the choice of, well, you're a screw up. It's either jail or the military. They still do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, I appreciated or- it a lot. And, you know, there's even sometimes, I don't have a survivor's guilt, thank God, but I sometimes have imposter syndrome because I got out early on disability. Um, and, you know, when people say these things to me, it's like, thanks, just do my job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate that. I wanted so badly, because I'm not a soldier, I wanted so badly to honor and respect everybody that who that is. And the last thing I want to do is come out with a book and be like, hey, I'm writing a badass story about a soldier and I don't know anything about it. Like, I really took it seriously. I, I really, my, Sandra consults on every book. She reads everything to make sure it sounds like nothing is feels wrong to her. 
Um, I've also talked to other veterans. I really wanted this to feel authentic to that experience. And so I tried in the little things that BB does to maybe put in things that might feel authentic to a soldier's experience. But I also never wanna claim that that experience is universal for everybody else either. I just wanna honor the situation that they're in and what they've done. And I hope that through BB, um, people feel seen and people also understand uh, she doesn't speak for every soldier, but she definitely is one. And um, through that, I hope we, the people that love soldiers as well, myself being one of them, um, can also understand where she's coming from. And we get a little more nuance for that. Because I, I know for sure my relationship with Sandra, sometimes we've definitely struggled because she's a soldier and I'm not. I can say from this side of the page, you've hit the mark. I really appreciate that. That meant so much to me. And it was uh, something I really worked hard to do. I hope I continue to do that. Absolutely. And for this book now, there's no timetable on the series. So we're looking at uh, at least six issues, possibly more. Yes, it's ongoing. And so I Excellent. think it's going to, how it sells, I think will determine how long it goes. And I, I could see, I mean, I have about a year planned out. I have about six issues beat it out. And if, if I could tell the story as long as I can, I would love to. I feel like it would take at least a year for me to get to the story I want to tell with BB. Okay. If I have to do it in six, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love to do at least a year or more to be really be able to tell BB's story. So it really just depends on, on how it sells. And I'll be grateful for whatever I can get. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just from reading the first issue, I, I don't see how this doesn't go long. And this isn't a smash hit, to be honest with you. I have not been able to put this down. I, I think I've read it at least five times already since I've gotten it. Oh, and, wow. and, I'm, and I'm trying not to say anything out loud in public other than just tell people go to the LCS and go buy it. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Now you're I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm a debut writer. Nobody knows me from Adam. So that people are willing to give this book a read means so much to me. Well, the one thing that's nice is you're coming out under the Massiverse banner. And obviously the success Ryan's or Kyle's had with Radiant Black and Ryan's had with Rogue Sun. And obviously Matt has Inferno Girl Red coming and just the success of Supermassive that everybody kind of has a sense that if it's coming out under that banner there's expectations but they know that everybody is if you're coming out under that label the book is quality and the book is definitely going to sell itself and it would they would not put out anything that would be a dud under that exactly you got the bona fides mm -hmm. oh i appreciate that yeah i mean i'm so lucky i really love every one of those guys they are the nicest guys and kyle consults on every book he reads every script he gives notes on art he gives notes on covers he has helped me with the rollout for the, he even helped me put together the trailer. I mean, he has been so involved in this book and it's humbling and gratifying that he would put trust in me like this for, because Massive First is so precious to him and every book, every book matters and that he's so generous with his success and that he believed in me enough to say, hey, let's pitch this book as a Massive First book to image and let me take you every step of the way and make sure that this works for you it means a lot i will forever be grateful to him and for the and to the other guys because they are just absolutely amazing and i can't ask for a better group of of players including cherish including megan who uh, co-wrote radiant black 12 they are all incredible now you mentioned about the trailer now folks this beautiful trailer is up and i believe we have a power rangers alum doing a little voice over on that mm -hmm. as a matter yes, of fact Christina doing bb B. 
Yeah, Christina V, who is an absolute legend. She's voiced hundreds and hundreds of voiceover characters. And thankfully, because we worked on Power Ranger Hyperforce together, I also consider her a friend. And I was able to ask her to, to, to do this for us. And she absolutely killed it. Oh, my gosh. I got to say, I absolutely loved Hyperforce. It was so much fun. You know, um, I've chatted with Yoshi and, you know, the fact that they were having a little fun with some Gokaiger names out there. Just saying, yeah. if you haven't picked up on that, folks. They are, yeah. Hyperforce was a blast. I, I loved Hyperforce. It was, again, one of those things where my, it was a boot camp into what the live tabletop experience could be. And I fell in love with it. And being able to do that during the 25th anniversary season of Power Rangers and being able to include a lot of Power Rangers alumni and putting mm -hmm. together that team as it was with Polly and Andre and the Sudarsos and Megan, meeting Megan and meeting Christina and zach and malika it was a magical magical time and i'm so proud of the way that season shaped up i would have loved to do more and i'm bummed that we didn't but what we got i beautiful the suits amazing it was it was all just so much fun that it was it, it really really was and then um i don't know if you noticed uh what was it? it's uh sins of the future that came out about a year or two ago there was a mm -hmm. nod to yoshi's character in there there was one tiny little picture mm -hmm. and um Oh, darn. What's her name? Rancic. I mean, Daughters. Boom Studios are fantastic. I love every single one of those guys and girls. The editor, Daphna, is yes. brilliant. I don't think she gets nearly enough credit for her passion and her stewardship of the Power Ranger books. She's absolutely fantastic. That entire team has always been so supportive of everything that we did and so willing to play ball with everything we threw at them and their embrace of hyperforce was also incredible that we did a WonderCon signing with a variant cover of theirs that they did for power rangers uh, hyperforce and they always they the way they embrace hyperforce and and how their writers do as well it's incredible and i'm so again i'm just i i know i'm just so effusive about everyone but i've had such lovely experiences with so many of these people and again they're fantastic and I'm again so thankful to Boom Studios for the help and the way. I mean, they are a bright spot in Power Rangers. Always, well, they let's be incredible. honest. The sandbox that you're playing in right now, you are going to build castles that are going to reach the sky. Trust me. <laughs> I yes, I love the Massiverse. I feel like we're not doing anything. We're I think what we're doing, nobody else is doing. One thousand uh, percent, yes. I, it's funny to me that we all were Power Ranger people before. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I'm very. I'm very excited about the Massiverse, and I can't wait to see how high we can take it. Absolutely. No, the creativity that's coming out in the Massiverse with all the books, too, I mean, it's just it stands out on the shelves and, and speaks volumes. And the fan base, we talk to people each week that are just raving about every book that's on the line. And I, can't, and I am fully banking that once this book hits the shelves, they're going to be just have, buzzing about this one as well, too. Oh, thank! I'm so excited. I mean, Rogue Son is so good, and Ryan, like the stuff he does with character, just unmatched. Kyle is freaking brilliant. I mean, I feel like he's more of a director than a writer, mm. and he's brilliant at both. But he's always looking for ways to challenge the medium and to do something a little different. And it always consistently surprises me what he and Ryan do. That you know, Ryan's coming out with a choose your own adventure. Yeah, issue seven, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. And 
Kyle just did an animated short film that you could scan with a QR code yep. from the book. Uh, Supermassive had that amazing fold out, the blacklight edition, like every, and he, we're in these brainstorm sessions sometimes and he'll be like, what if we do this? And poor Michael Busutil, our amazing editor is like, no, we cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you find like, but a what way. What if we do? <laughs> That's usually how it starts, but it always comes like, for some reason he always is able to pull it off and it's, it's really gratifying to watch. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just to, to have that much creative freedom, especially with a, a character that is so personal in writing, that's just got to be just the ultimate feeling. Oh, absolutely. And one thankful to Image for their incredible, unique model. So excited to be with their label for this book. But also, I think what's really special about the Massifers is that each one of us owns our own properties. We're all responsible for our own books. We are in the same universe, but we're in different cities or in different universes. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, uh, in in front of the world's state case mm -hmm. but that allows us to to really tell our own stories and make them really feel unique and different and we play nice because we're all we're all friends <laughs> and we love each other and that's amazing but also we're allowed to do our own thing and i think and you know i think that's really special and i think that's really fun the character autonomy that you're each given is fantastic and then you know we hope we get like super massive too yeah you know, yeah, you're, so that, that'll all cross over together and we see everybody's issues. I'd love to see that be like a WrestleMania event. Like every year there's a super massive crossover. And I don't, but I'm just being just, greedy. I don't just mean paper issues. I mean, issues come together. I, I'm ex like, I would love that. I was so jealous when super massive came out because BB hadn't been introduced yet. And I was like, man, I want to be in that. And they're like, well, you're not out yet. I'm like, I know, but still. <laughs> And then, um, no, I was very lucky. I got to I got to do the last two pages and kind of do like the Marvel end credits kind of version of an intro, which I thought was the perfect way to introduce BB in this into this universe. But yeah, I mean, I'm focused on on making the Dead Lucky the best book it can be since it's my first book. I want to make it good. But I mean, if there's ever a supermassive two, and again, uh, this is not anything I know. Uh, yes, I would. I will kick rocks until I'm a part of it. Absolutely, and I'm putting that karma out of the universe. We need supermassive two. Mm -hmm. So that being said, I mean, I know it's very early in the in the stages here, but if you had your chance to do a dream crossover with any character with BB, who would you choose? A dream in the Massiverse? A Massiverse and outside it. Oh, gosh. Um, I think Radiant Pink would be chaotic evil mm. and would be really fun to play with. That's a great BB. choice. I think BB would like not know what to do with herself. Um, ever? Gosh. I think <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be a uh, hot take, but Velvet I don't know if you guys remember Velvet, the image comic book. Oh, wow. That Nor Cold War spy lady. Yes. Maybe would fall all over herself for her. Oh, wow. Wow. It would be fun to watch. That would be a very cool book. And they, they, they kind of have the same like baggage. Everything would be really fun to play there. Yeah, that could definitely roll onto some great stories. Like this older, hot, like sexy, Ooh. older spy lady. All over that. That's like my, that's my kryptonite. Yeah. No, that would that would just oh man. Now now I need to see this book at some point. Now now that the seed has been planted, that would just be incredible. Obviously, with the dead lucky rolling out, uh, can you talk about any other future plans you might have coming that we should be expecting to keep an eye out for? You know, I no. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. That's but, fair enough. But I, I will say I'm, I have several projects that I'm very excited to talk about, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about in the next few weeks. Um, I'm also, I, I have a staff writer job, a full-time staff writer job that I just started 
that I can't talk about, but I'm also very excited to be a part of. So when that finally comes out, I'd like really excited to talk about. So yeah, I'm just, there's, I'm at a very blessed point. I think I feel like the cat or the dog that caught the tail. I just, I don't know what to do with myself, but I am lucky to be here. I didn't, I decided to be a writer on a whim and uh, I know that that's a very difficult career path. And I am very lucky that I have some incredible friends and colleagues that I have made through my tenure as a Power Rangers producer that were willing to help me uh, not jump off the ledge and kind of gave me wings in a parachute until I could find my own way. And I'm eternally grateful and thankful for that. Kyle being one of them, obviously. Excellent. And I just have a fun question because I've been asking all the comic creators we've had come on the show. So if you had to put together a Spotify playlist for BB, who would be on it? For BB, I have one. Oh. I have one. I do a cl- I do playlists for everything. So actually, let me see what's on it. Let me pull it up. Is this public? No. Okay. I was going to say, actually, like, I, I go, I haven't seen public, this. Though. Can you I'm make it public? I'm afraid people are going to judge me. No. No, absolutely not. This is a tie-in. It's just a bunch of songs now, but I'll curate it. But like it starts with La Llorona, which is an Angela Aguilar. Angelica Aguilar. And then it has What's Up, Non-Blondes. Okay. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness, The Nightmare Edition. Ah, Kikari. Paint It Black by Ciara. I've got some Daddy Yankee, My Chemical Romance, Rihanna. Uh, True Damage. You remember that League of Legends song? Ah, yeah. Okay. I freaking love Giants. It's like I can listen to that over and over again. Uh, cake is on there. <laughs> go the distance. Can't go wrong with Cake. Uh, yeah. Some like really cool. I used to do a lot of, I did the music for the Unleashed when I, which was an RPG that I did or our scripted RPG that I did with Megan. And so there's some stuff from there. Some David Bowie. There's well, a bunch of different stuff. You heard it folks. It. Now that people know about it, they're going to go looking for it. So I have to, I have to curate it a little more. You heard it, folks. You can get inside BB's head on Spotify. It's just on. Uh, it's called the Dead Lucky Writing Playlist. Excellent. Don't judge me. No, you have to go through it. There's but... no. There's no judging involved with this. It's just you know, just another element to add to the character because you know this book. Like we we can't stress enough. The Dead Lucky is a must grab when you get a chance to grab it on hashtag Dead Lucky Day August third. If you don't have this pre ordered, I I seriously I, I I'm questioning your comic choices. Because this is a must-grab. You should be running to your LCS. However you need to get there, get there. Make sure it's pre-ordered by July 11th so you don't miss out on it. Because trust me, on August 3rd, everybody's going to be talking about it. And if it's sold out at your place, I have I can't be held against it. Nope. Get in your plane. Get in your train. Get in your automobile, no, your Megazord, or your mech. I don't think Image does reprints anymore, right? That's what I've heard. I don't think so. I'm going to message my guy right now for two copies. I should be all set up. I talked to our guy um, a couple days ago, actually. So he is supposed to, but I'm going to follow up anyway, just make sure. Mm -hmm. Because there's no way I am missing this book. And ODPH Society, I am stressing to you. You can hear the sound in my voice. Do not miss the Dead Lucky when it comes out. So make sure you got that pre-order in. So, Melissa, before we let you go, thank you again for coming on the show. And why don't you tell our listening audience where they can find you on social media? Absolutely. You can find me under Misty underscore Flores on both Instagram and Twitter. Excellent. Tom? Ken M, thank you so very much for having me. Misty, it was a pleasure chatting with you. Everybody else, if you need to find me, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, for a lot of cat videos, and even on the TikTok at Off The Cuff Gaming. Thank you so much again for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Absolutely. And for anything and everything that is the ODPH from Harley Points Comic Reviews to the T Public Store to the classified section to the directory, if it is the ODPH, it can be found at odphpodcast.com. 
My name is Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the OTPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Get the dead lucky in your in your poll list ASAP. Dead lucky day. We'll see you next time. Taskin' hand, the making of a